Philippians 3.13, and it says these words. It says, no, brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. Uh, In your presence today, we just want to take some time to look at the topic of this as we go from 2023 into 24, want to look at this topic that I I focus on this one thing. I focus on this one thing. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, how we love you and we thank you and we praise you for the time together uh, to lift up your name and song because you indeed are holy, to be able to hear the instruments Uh, As we reflect on Psalm 150, um, let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. And so we heard the saxophone, we heard the oboe, we heard uh, the flute, and uh, we heard the piano, Lord, and we're just grateful that in the bass uh, guitar, Lord, and just thankful that we could praise you with those instruments. And Lord, we thank you for um, the fact that we can lift our voices and and be reminded, as Tabitha shared with us, um, Lord, you came, and when you came, hope came. And what a a wonderful, wonderful thing to know that hope came down. God, we want you to have your way right now because it's the word of God that they're about to receive. Lord, as John the Baptist declares, I do the same. I decrease, Lord, you increase. I become less and less. You become more and more because what I'm sharing with your people is not what I have for them. It's what you have for them. And for many, this is a familiar passage, a very familiar passage. But Lord, just as Dr. McNeil always share with us that your word is inexhaustible. There's something that you want to be able to share with your people, Lord. Open our hearts, open our minds to be attentive to what you have for us. I move out of the way. Holy Spirit, lead and guide your people into all truth. And we thank you so much for this wonderful time of getting into the word of God in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the house of God. You may be seated in the house of God. This, 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 I focus on this one thing. I focus on this one thing. Now, to understand what what Paul is talking about, we have to go back up to uh, the very first part of the chapter of, of Philippians 3. As 2023 comes to a close, Paul shares a statement that is fitting for us as we step into 2024. And if it's anyone that knows about what we're going to be dealing with, it's this man because he said this, I, I focus on this one thing. And, and I just want to, in application, just join in with the Apostle Paul to share this with you again. Many of you probably have heard this sermon many times. But as you guys know, I deal with teenagers and also we have our kids here and want them to understand, too, that God desires to have first place in their life and wants to use them and wants to help them in their daily life. And so we want to look at this familiar passage together. The first point that I want to be able to to share with uh, with the teens is this. Number one. We're forgetting the past. When we focus on the thing Paul talked about, we're forgetting the past. Now, when you hear this, I know many of you probably were saying, Toby, some of us, we can't forget the past because so much has occurred in our past. We've had hurts. We've had failures. Some things have not been good. And it's hard to forget. And I want to talk about that in a moment, but I want to again, give the best understanding from what Paul was sharing, we have to go back to the first part of chapter 3 to understand what verse 13 is talking about. So if you got your Bible, and just follow along with me, follow along with me at chapter 3, verse 1. Again, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, and you follow along with whichever translation that the Lord has allowed you to be able to, to bring with you today. It says this in verse number 1. It says, whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters... Rejoice in the Lord. That's a good thing to be able to share. Paul said this, I never get tired of telling you these things, and I do it to safeguard your faith 
Verse number two says, watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. And it is true back in the day, in Paul's time, there were Jewish people, Jewish religious leaders that stressed to Gentiles that were believers in the faith that they weren't fully gods unless they were circumcised. Now, it was a downfall with the circumcision because only usually only the guys, well, we get into a whole nother thing because you get into that. That's why it's a long story, long story. But the whole thing is, is that works was involved and works won't save you. But that's what they stressed. You got to be circumcised in order to be saved. So Paul wanted to squash that. Look at what verse number three says. For we who worship by the spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. Why? Because we rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We didn't have to do anything. Christ did it all. How did he do that? He did it on the cross of Calvary, and he did it by getting up from the grave. Nothing that you did can save you. And that's what Paul was trying to share here uh, in this first part of this passage in chapter 3. He says, uh, in the latter half of that verse, he says, we, we put no confidence in human effort because if you put confidence in human effort, what's going to be the problem? You're going to get the, you want the credit, you want the glory, you want the praise, and you're not going to get that mm -mm -mm -mm, because I'm going to do something and then I want you to give me the praise, brag on me, let all the attention come to me. But mm -mm -mm -mm. no, we don't put no, no confidence in human effort because all glory, all honor goes to God. Look at verse number four. Look at verse four says, though I could have confidence in my own effort, this is Paul talking, not me, though I could have confidence in my own effort, and if anyone could, indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. See, see what Paul just did? Paul says, just like you have enough ability to do some works, I, I, I do even more. And it was true, because Paul even breaks it down in the next verse, in verse number five. Look at what he says. He says, I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I'm a pure-blooded citizen of Israel. He's Jew. <laughs> and just to let you know he's Jew, he says this, I'm a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew, if there was ever one. And that's Paul now. This is what Paul's saying. I was a member of the Pharisees who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. That's, this is Paul. I was zealous, so zealous, that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. This is Paul now. This is Paul. Now, y'all know that. You know what Paul just did, right? <laughs> you can't follow the law. <laughs> you can try. You can attempt it. And, but Paul was trying to say, hey, if it was anybody that was close to reaching that, to reaching that status, to getting up there on that pedestal, it was me. But look at verse 7. Follow with me. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Christ did so much more. Y'all remember his, his way onto Damascus? Who knocked him down? It was Jesus that knocked him down. <laughs> because, as he says in verse number eight, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I will have discarded everything, counted it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law because you can't do it. You can't follow it. You can't do it. Don't, don't try. That's the equivalent. Teenagers, kids, the equivalency is you come into church and try and do all the churchy things. Huh? You, you think you can attempt it, but that still works related, it's on you, and you can't save yourself. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. For without faith, in Hebrews, without faith, it's impossible to please God. Verse number 10, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death. And y'all know Paul did suffer. In verse number 11, it says, So that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead, 
And in verse 12, I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things because he hadn't. He's still growing. He, was, he's not, he hadn't made it to heaven yet. Or that I have already reached perfection, but I press on to, this, to possess that perfection from which Christ Jesus first possessed me, which leads to 13. You can go ahead and hit the next slide. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. But I focus on this one thing. I'm forgetting the past. That's the first blank. That's the first blank, y'all. If you, write, if you have the, the worksheet, that's the first blank. Forgetting the past. Forgetting the past. You see, to understand forgetting the past, Paul reminds believers that we can't be held down by the B.C. days, the before Christ days. And, and let me do a little survey while some, most of you are in the room. For those that are, how many of you were saved between the ages of 3 to 13 years old? Raise your hand. 3 to 13 years old. Raise your hand. 3 to 13. Okay. 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 3 to 13. 3 years old to 13. Now, if you were saved at 2, God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. All right. 14 to 25, God saved you. 14 to 25, 14 to 25, okay? All right? And then 25 to, you know, when God calls you home. 25 to 100, okay? <laughs> so many of you that are in that, that teenage to adulthood, you know what I'm talking about when I say BC days, before Christ days. You know about those sinful things. I ain't going to get into it. Some of it is probably coming to your mind right now. You remember, right? Don't be held down by that. That's what Paul's trying to say. Don't be held. Paul reminded us. Paul reminded us. Even in First Timothy 1.16, Paul said if there's anybody that should be the chief of sinners or the worst of them all, it's him when it comes to sin. Because you heard what he did. He persecuted the church. He put people in prison took people's property from them, all because they named the name of Jesus Christ. Even, y'all remember when he held jackets of guys that would stone Deacon Stephen? Paul says he, he considers his BC days messed up. And if there's anybody that should have a, have a beat, that should be holding on to some stuff, it should be him. But Paul even lets you know that he's, he's not going to be balled down. He's not going to get held down by the past. And you should not either. Yes, you can remember because there are some things that God has done for you even in this year. There are some things that God has done and you can remember it. But can we be frank right now? Me and you, come, come close, come close, come close. You know what you did in this year. Uh-huh. And you know, in, in the words of one comedian that I, that I follow on Facebook, God ain't pleased. Mm -hmm. Don't be held down by that. See, I'm not talking with you because the issue is not between me and you. The issue is between you and the Lord. And the Lord says this, if you have sinned, do what? First John 1, 9, all you that's been in the discipleship class, First John 1, 9, if you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and to cleanse you from what? All unrighteousness. Don't be balled down by that. Don't be held down by that. We're forgetting the the past. Another verse from the discipleship class, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. Those that are in Christ Jesus, they're what? They're new creations. Old things is passed away. It's in the past. It's in the, in the past. And now things are what? They're, they're new, 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 new. The old things are in the what? In the past. You got to forget the past. Don't get held down by that. Don't get held down by that. And I solicit your prayers because um, when I'm in the call center at In Touch and, and I get prayer calls, I, I recognize that a lot of people that call us are not saved. I recognize that a lot of people that call us, they do have some sense of religion. I know that some people that call us, we know that they're a part of various denominations. And I know that there's some that call, they call us from mental institutions, they call us from prisons. 
And so when they do call and they say, well, Toby, I need you to pray that God can forgive me of my sin. And I, and I have to step back because I'm like, we don't have to pray about that. Why? Because God's already spoken to that. God says, if you confess it to me, not to a man, not to a woman, if you confess it to me, then I'm going to be the one to do the forgiving. I'm going to be the one to do the cleansing. I'm going to be the... So there's some things that we can ask for prayer for, but God's already spoken to it because his word has already said it. And when it comes to the past, especially when it's sin, God's already told you what you need to do. And all I'm going to do is say, Lord, help them to go to you and ask you, confess to you, and get it right with you. Forget the past. Forget the past. Next slide. Go to the next slide after that. I know you can't read that, but I want to read something that Dr. Evans said from uh, the Dr. Evans Study Bible. He says this in regards to Philippians 3.13. He says, to become an excellent Christian and fulfill your kingdom purpose, you must, you too must have a short memory and a clear direction. So what aspects of yesterday? This is what Dr. Evans said. Dr. Evans said, all of the aspects of them, all of them, the good, the bad, the ugly. You've got to let go of your successes, your failures, and the way others have hurt you. It's not that you don't remember the past. It's that you don't allow the past to be the controlling factor in your life. Don't spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror. A much bigger piece of glass called the windshield should have your focus because where you are going is a lot bigger than where you have been. And this is from uh, Dr. Tony Evans. And it's true. Many of us can testify when we're driving. And in my early lessons, I remember my dad would always tell me, you can, you can look in that rearview mirror from time to time, Toby, but, but your view shouldn't stay there because you got to look at the big picture, the windshield, because there's a big thing in front of you. So you don't want to look at it. You glance, and, and every time, even, even when you get in the car today, those that's driving, even when you get in the car today, you're going to look back at that rearview mirror, but you're going to take a glance. Look back at the windshield. You're going to take a glance. Look back at the windshield, because so much more is in front of you than what's behind you. That's why we have to forget the past. Again, there are some things that you will remember that, that, that you will remember, you just don't want to get bogged down by the negative aspects of the past. Now, can I say this, share this with you? There's some things you can learn from your past. Take that with you. But the guilt and the shame and the burden of what lies when it comes to sin, leave that in the past because Christ he took care of that long ago. Which leads to the next point that I want to share with you. Leads to the next point, and that is looking forward. Looking forward. That's the next point. So if you got your sheet, the next blank that you're filling out, looking forward. You're looking forward. The reason why, that's, the reason why I say it, looking back at the text, the text says this, I focus on this one thing, I'm forgetting the past, and I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. We're looking forward to what lies ahead. You see, when you're looking forward, eventually you're going to have to move forward. Did you hear what I said? Eventually, as you look to what lies ahead, eventually you're going to have to move in that direction. You know, growing up, I lived near my Auntie Deborah. She's in the room. My Auntie Deborah's in the room. Uh, she lived on a street that has like a little, kind of like a hill, and then it slopes down into the cul-de-sac where her house is. And, and if I'm walking from Manhattan Drive, coming up that hill, and then just as I cross over Tufts Drive and going up towards the, the next part of Manhattan Drive, I can see Auntie's house, I can see that rooftop as I come up that hill. And as I keep going forward, as I keep going forward, I'm looking forward because I see my auntie's house because I know when I get to my auntie's house, there's going to be something there for me. There's going to be something there for me. I didn't, I didn't say anything for my brother Justin. I said there'd be something there for me. You get, you get what I'm saying? But, this, but it's because I'm looking forward, and, and as I look forward, I have no choice but to move forward. And for many of us, 
we need to do like what Paul says. Because Paul says this, the way that I'm looking forward and moving ahead, what's going to happen is, is I'm going to press. As verse 14 says, I press on. I press on, which is the next, which is the, the uh, next point here. I press on. Now, Paul lets, it, lets us know perfectly clear. He's not saying that Barnabas is pressing for him. He's not saying that Timothy is pressing for him. He's not saying that Silas or Peter is pressing for him. Paul says, I'm pressing. I'm pressing on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize from which God, through Jesus Christ, is calling us. When I think of pressing on, I think of what Paul just said, that I'm pressing on to reach the end of the race. Go to the next slide. You see there on the picture, you can see they can't stretch out like this. They can't do like baseball and go in for the slide. They can't do like that. In, in track, you, gotta, you, you, you press with your head, move your shoulder, you lean on back. They're, you're pressing in because the finish line is just ahead. Some of them put four to six years of work in, traveling to the various competitions so they can get ready for the Olympic trials, and now they've made it, and, and they're just inches away because they want to reach a goal. What's the goal they're reaching for? That I'm going to be either a gold medalist, a silver medalist, or a bronze medalist, but I really want the gold. I really want the gold. They're pressing. And just like those athletes are pressing in the Olympics, me and you got to do the same thing when it comes to our walk of faith. I'm going to say it to you like this. Don't expect a blessed future if you are pressing in reverse. Don't expect a blessed future if you are pressing in reverse. I've never watched a competition, especially track and field, where you see them get up on the mark and they're, and they're ready and they're in position and then they hear the gunshot and then they go backwards. You never, if you see that, we need to pray for that person. They shouldn't have never made that team. That's what it should be for you. That's what it should be for you. And kids, this is the same thing that we're stressing for you in the world, in the world of academics. We're saying the same thing. You, you've got, you can't, hey, if you made a C or a D in that specific subject, you know the subject I'm talking about, or subjects that I'm talking about, you know. Hey, 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 don't, hey, you ain't, gotta, you ain't gotta talk to me about it. I've been there, I've been there. This is, this is the dude here that frailed freshman college orientation. See, you laughing. Don't be laughing at that. It's not funny. Not funny. Toby, how you feel orientation? I was lazy. I didn't do nothing. All I had to do, and listen to me, y'all, listen to me. All I had to do was just write an essay about my biblical worldview. That was it. But I didn't do it. And what I got was an F. I deserved it because I didn't do it. Didn't want to do it. Can I be frank? Some of y'all know. Come on, come on with me. Some of y'all know. You waited. Your teacher told you on the first, told you on the first, you got a project due. And it's due on the 25th. And some of y'all waited right to the 20th and said, you know what, it's time for me to do my project. Huh? Some of you waited to the 24th. Some of you waited to the 24th and said, oh, let me do it. Some of you waited to the 24th at 1130. Huh? Huh? Come on now. Like I said, adults can, they can testify. We've been there. We've done that. We know. Hey, yeah, yeah, you don't. Mm -mm -mm. That's going to stop because I'm looking forward. I'm pressing on. I'm not going in reverse. You know what I'm saying? If you want to act up in the class, be a distraction for the teachers, I'm telling you, that ain't going to be a blessed future for you. I'm telling you, this ain't going to be a blessed. It's not. It's not going to be a blessed future for you. If you don't want to do your assignments like you're supposed to do, read those lessons like the teacher told you to do it, and then think you're going to just get by off the test and the quiz, it ain't going to be a blessed future. I'm, I'm, just, I'm just trying to help you out because you're going in reverse, not pressing forward. You want to be able to move forward, press onward. Press onward. Reason why I'm stressing about you pressing onward because as y'all can see, time is moving. Time is moving. We are about to go into 2024. 
Some of you remember the 30s. Some of you remember the 40s. Some of you remember the 50s and the 60s and the 70s where I was born. And the 80s where some of y'all were born. 90s where some of y'all. And then in the, in the, in the 2000s, the 2000s, right there, right there, the 2000s. We in 2024. Some of you remember when you could just, you could slam dunk the ball. You know what I mean? Your brothers, you could do that shot, you know. But now you take one step out of bed and just... <laughs> and you go down. You remember you could watch anything and look at it from far in the distance, but not what you got to do. Because time is moving. Time is moving. You hear me? This time is moving. We've been there, some of us. We've been there. But we're just here to remind you, time is going. And since time is going, if you want to stay stagnant, you want to stay behind, you want to go in reverse, I'm telling you, you're going to get left behind. And God is trying to remind you in this passage today that you don't want to get left behind. You want to press forward. Now, in pressing forward, this is a tough one. Even when the Lord laid it on my heart, this is a tough one. As you're pressing on, there will be pressure. There will be pressure. Some of us can testify because we had pressure in 2023. Can I be frank with some of us? That pressure is going to continue in 2024. And understand that this pressure comes from a couple of places. And I have them there on the screen for you. And I hope, it may, if you, and I don't think anyone's offended by this, but, but you know you, huh? You know you, yes, you know you, yes, you, mm-hmm, you cause some of that pressure, uh-huh. Don't be playing with me. You know. And now there's people that causes pressure. You've heard the term peer pressure. There's people that cause that, and students, y'all can understand that. You know, you have some, you, you've, been there, you, you, you've been there in that class, and that test come up, you got that, that brother or sister behind you. Just let y'all know, the, the adults ain't left out of this too, because we, we take our pressure, and we say, well, 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 you know, I'm grown. So, so the Lord going to let me, he going to let me slide on this if I just take it and confess it to him. No, you, you got some, you have some pressure too. Uh-huh, you got some pressure too. I ain't got a, mm-mm. Now I said, it's between you and the Lord. That's why I ain't trying to give you scenarios because you know. Huh? There's some people out there that's going to pressure you. And we know the enemy is always going to pressure you. From the very beginning, the enemy has always pressured God's people. And he's going to do that. It ain't going to stop in 2024. He's going to pressure you. That's not going to stop. Some of us, this might just be a little downtime. Praise God, it's a little downtime. But, but just know that, that, as Peter says, the devil is what? A roaring lion? And what is he doing? He's roaming. He's going around to and fro. Like how the King James said, to and fro. And he might not be in your neighborhood right now, but he showed coming. Pressure. But the one, <laughs> God got me on this one, the one, God, God brings pressure. And this pressure comes in the form of testing because you ain't going to know that you have it unless you've been tested. There can be no testimony without a test. God will send the pressure. You need an example? Just look at Job. God allowed that pressure almost took him to the brink of death almost. But God was with him, even in the midst of the pressure. And understand that you know most of the times when there's pressure, normally what do we want to do? We want relief from the pressure. And God may not give some of us relief, but God will give us grace. God will give us mercy. God will give us peace. Even in the midst of the pressure. There will be, I, I, 
just need you to be reminded. If you're pressing on, know that there will be pressure because just as you notice that athlete presses on, they're pressing, some of them, their muscles may be burning, but they're pressing on because they have a goal to reach. There's a prize at the end. And for you, there are goals, and we have goals, I have goals, that I would like to be able to reach in 2024. I'm going to say these, and I'm going to take my seat. I'm going to say these, and I'm going to take my seat. Now, I need to uh, go next slide. I need to go ahead and put this disclaimer out here. Everything I'm about to share with you, I can't do this in my own strength. I can't. These goals that I'm trying to achieve, they cannot be done in my own strength. And, and if you want to take these goals, you're more than welcome to take these goals. But this is what the Lord laid on my heart to be able to share with you today. Number one, the desire that I want to reach for in 2024 is that I want to be stronger. I want to be stronger. And the only way I can do that, look at what Ephesians 6, 10 says. Go ahead to the next slide. Ephesians 6 says this. This is from New Living Translation. It says the final word, be strong in the Lord. Uh-huh. Be strong in the and in the power of, in his mighty power, in his might, in his mighty power, it's the Lord that's going to strengthen me. I can't, I can't do this by myself. And you ain't going to be able to do it by yourself. So stop trying. Stop trying. Go on ahead. Just, we're going to end off. We, we're going to end this on 1, 2, 3, 1, 2, 3, 12, 31, 23. 1, 2, 3. 1, 2, 3. We're going to end this. We're going, to be, we're going to be strong in the Lord. Kids, understand this. You cannot go into this semester by yourself. Make up in your mind that you're going to say, hey, as I go into uh, subjects, especially subjects that I know I'm struggling in, just go in, hey, Lord, you're going to have to help me. Help me with this. I'm not understanding what the teacher is teaching right here. Help me with this. I need your strength. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, you, hear me, hear me. I'm telling you, God's going to give it to you. Without a doubt in my mind, he'll give it to you because his word says he'll do it. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Be strong in the Lord. Can I I tell you something? Y'all remember Joseph? Y'all remember Joseph? One of the main things about Joseph that always sticks out to me in his story was that when he was placed in slavery at Potiphar's house, the Bible says this, the Lord was with Joseph. And because the Lord was with Joseph, guess who was helping Joseph? The Lord. And the Lord, and the Bible says, and Joseph did such a work at Potiphar's house that the only thing Potiphar had to worry about was breakfast, lunch, and dinner. That's all he had to worry about. That's all he had to worry about. But it was because Joseph allowed the Lord to use him. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm, when I go into it, Lord, you're going to have to help me as I, as I walk into this classroom to be a better student. Lord, help me. I can't do it without you. Paul said it best. You can do all things through Christ who strengthens you, who strengthens you. That, You can't do it any other way. He gives you the strength. One thing we must understand is that, as the Bible says, without God, without Jesus, you can do nothing. So we need to be, strive to be stronger. And again, Paul said it best. I'm going to be strong in the Lord. Point two, I'm going to be wiser. I want to be wiser want to be wiser, and I'm taking this from Proverbs because, again, that's coming from the man that, that knows all about wisdom, the man that prayed for it himself. I'm talking about that in a minute. Look at what, we'll look at what the Bible says here uh, in Proverbs 1, 7. It says here, the fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. So if you're not going to be wise, the only other option you have is being foolish. And it's, the Bible says this, it's the fool that says in their heart that there is no God. So if you're acting foolish, then guess what you're acting as if God is not in your life. But if I'm wise, look at what it says. The fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. Look at the next scripture. The next scripture from, from, from 9.10 of Proverbs. 9.10 says this, 
The fear of the Lord is the foundation of wisdom. Knowledge of the Holy One results in good judgment. There has to be a respect and a reverence for the Lord. He has to be first place. He has to be center. If he's not, then guess what? You try and do stuff on your own, and what do we talk about when you do stuff on your own? You're going to end up being a mess. It's going to be a show enough mess. And most of the time, we end up being a mess because us and our human self and acting all sedity, what we do? We say, well, Lord, you did it. It's your fault. Oh, it's your fault. You did it. But the Lord tells you right here in the scriptures that if you fear him, the only thing that's going to result is you making good judgment. (laughs) Good judgment because you're wise. This is coming from a man who went to the Lord and said, Lord, I have a people that you've allowed me to be king over and all I am is a baby to them. I don't know what to do. And so, Lord, what I need from you is this. I just need your wisdom. Hmm? And the reason why I need God's wisdom is because I don't know everything. Man, I wish I could make that, that brag, you know. I wish I could say that I do, but I don't. There's no Ph.D. on my name. And even if I do have a Ph.D., I still don't know enough. But I know one that does know everything. And since he says I tap into him and I do what he says, the results of that is going to be good judgment. So the only way I'm going to be wise is I have to be connected to the Lord. You get, you, I hope you're getting this. It ain't nothing about my own strength. It's the strength. This is the reason why I'm striving to be better because this life is temporary. But there's a life that's going to happen soon, and it's going to be eternal. And, and, the, and my living for the Lord, that's going to help me even more once I'm in his presence. Because the desire of every believer's heart, every, every believer's heart should be this. When we stand before God, it should be these words that we want to hear. Well done, my good and faithful servant. Because we are doing what he's commanded, he's instructed to do. So as he's commanded and instructed to do, let the benefits help you because not only are they helpful now, they're helpful in eternity. We want to be better. You see, kids, this, this, you, you, you got to understand. I'm, I'm going to share this with you. You ain't got to pay me nothing. You, you don't need to pay me anything. Nothing. You don't have to pay me. This is free. This is free. This is free. This is absolutely positively free because it didn't come from me. It came from God. God says this, your parents and your grandparents would love to see this one thing from you. Are you listening? I would say, like Dr. Stanley, are you listening? Say amen. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. (laughs) They would love this one thing from you, that you would do what's right. That think some of, I think some of them missed them, missed them. The one thing that your parents and your grandparents would love from you to see from you is you doing what's right. And I ain't make this up because, because I, again, I told you I got whooped a lot <laughs> for doing bad. <laughs> and my pops always told me, hey, I need you to read Ephesians 6. And so I read Ephesians 6. And it didn't dawn on me then. But it's done ever since I've, I've, I've been an adult. Obey your parents in the Lord. The New Living Translation says, for it's the right thing to do. It's the right. We just want you to do what's right. (laughs) I'm telling you, man, you have blessing upon blessing upon blessing if you would do what's right. That's what they desire. So, So strive to be better. Strive to be better. Because we, we need some kids that's going to strive to be better. Because there's some other kids out there that they don't have a good representation. They don't have a godly influence. And, and they need to see you. 
how you conduct yourself in the classroom, how you conduct yourself if you have a, a job, how you conduct yourself uh, in the community. They need to see someone led by the power of God so that they know what is better. Not only us, not only kids, sons and daughters, but singles, there needs to be some godly singles in the building. Amen? There need to be better singles in a world where everything is pretty much free, you know, and, and, and there's nothing to hold back. Why? Because we're all grown. Got a place of my own, got a car of my own. Ain't got nobody telling me what to do. But if you're under God, God is instructing you. God is telling you what to do. You want to be better. Paul said it like this in 1 Corinthians 17, in 1 Corinthians 7, that what you're doing is, is as unto the Lord, ministry as unto the Lord. Your life is as unto him until the Lord brings Mr. or Mrs. Wright into your life. For those of you that are married, you know as much as I do, we, we, we got to be better. Why? Because we have a society out here that just don't have a clue what marriage is all about. And they need to see what godly marriage looks like. So we want to strive to be better. Yes, statistics have it that Christians have about the same amount of divorces as secular. But we want to set the difference and say, hey, we're going to strive to be better because we want to show you faithful, godly people that love one another because they're doing it as unto who? The Lord. One of the main reasons why I'm married today is because of what not only did I saw at my house growing up, but it's because of what I saw in here with you all. Because you were faithful. That says, oh, you know what? If, if, if brother and sister is, is faithful, I'm going I'm to stay faithful. Because they're following the Lord, and Lord, if, if they can follow you, I'll follow you. Because I have seen you bless them too many times. Even though I know I ain't seen all the picture, but they've still been faithful, even in the midst of, I'm going I'm to take hold of that. I'm going to take hold of that. We, we need to be better. And parents, you know, we have a job. We got to lead our children in the admonition of the Lord. And I want to talk to the fathers for a minute. And I'm preaching to the choir because many of you today, I'm, 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 I'm a living witness to you, that many of you, you helped me in many ways because you were not only a father to your kids, but you took the time to give wisdom to people like myself and other brothers that grew up here in this church. And just as, and most, most, I would probably say most parents in here now, most of you are empty nesters. I just want to remind you that has not, your, your, your influence has not stopped. There's still kids that need to be influenced. And number one kids in here are kids and our teenagers. They, they need your wisdom. They need your influence. They need that. That's why we got to strive to be better. Because there are a lot of kids, they don't know where daddy at. Probably ain't never going to know where daddy is. Some, daddy is in the house, but, but he ain't there there. But me and you, we're going to strive to be better because we want our children to know that they are godly men who love their wives and love them and want to see them grow in what God has for them. Not to beat the Bible over them, but to live their lives in such a way that the person that your children are going to do just like I did. I'm like, man, dog, I'm seeing daddy over there praying. I'm seeing him reading his Bible. I'm like, man, I don't know. But because he followed the Lord, it's a living example that he, like, it's almost like the jailer. You remember the jailer with Paul? When the jailer got saved, the Bible says his house got saved. <laughs> but it started with the jailer. That's how it was with Pops. Dad got saved and then the rest of us. Because it wasn't that he beat us over the head with the Bible. He, was, he lived his life in such a way that like, man, if God can change him, <laughs> then he can change me. And there's some things, uh, I don't think my dad don't mind me sharing this with you. 
My grandfather, Mansfield, I never got a chance to meet him. He died before I was born. He, he didn't have a way of expressing fatherly love, if I could say it like that. And, and thank God for Grandmama Arbel. She, she, she showed, <laughs> she came up behind him to say, okay, this is what he was trying to say. But it led my father in such a way that anytime that I'm with him, we say, we say we love each other. Every time that I've been around him, sometimes we'll hug each other, especially when the um, elementary high school day. Ooh, Lord have mercy. That was just, y'all don't understand how embarrassing that was. But, but now it's like, I, I need that. <laughs> now I'll take that up now. Uh, but I, I, I'll share this with you. Um, it was in high school. I think I had a counseling session or something. And we came out and dad's heading out the door. And then says, I love you, and he hugs me. And for me, I'm just like, man, hurry up. Go on, go on, go on. You're messing up my swag. You're messing up my swag. Go on, go on. But then next thing you know, I see about three or four boys come up. And, and they come up to him, and, 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 and they say, Mr. Monday, hey, do you mind hugging me? That makes a difference. Mr. Jackson, God love him. <laughs> that man, you are not going to be around Brother Bruce Jackson and not leave with a nugget of wisdom. Even if you didn't want it, he's going to give it to you because he's, because he's just led to do it. But it's these two gentlemen that helped me to see, hey, this father thing, we need it. We got to be better. We got to be better because lives are at stake and some lives may not be of biological blood. But some lives need to be impacted because they're lost, headed for hell. And it's going to be my job and your job to be able to plant the seed and water the seed of the gospel as Paul talked about in 1 Corinthians 6, 9. We want to be stronger, wiser, better. Next slide, because if you're not going to be stronger, wiser, better, look at, look at where it's diverting to. You're going in reverse. You're going off the side of the road instead of moving forward. You're going to be weak and lazy. You're going to be foolish. You're going to be the same. And we ain't here to be the same. We ain't here to be the same. We're here to grow. We're here to get off of the Gerbers. We're here to get off the Similac. We're here to get off the, mm -hmm, off the milk and, and start eating the filet mignon, the grilled chicken, the prime rib of the faith of the Bible because we headed somewhere. And my hope and prayer is that you're heading forward. In our Sunday school class, next slide, in our Sunday school class, the kids get a Christ connection. And I always share this in the Christ Connection, and I want them to, to listen to me here. Again, this is just a, you, you see all these plugs that I laid out in front of you? Be a part of the discipleship class. Be a part of the Sunday school class. I ain't making this up. You need to be a part of that. It's going to help your spiritual life. You need to be connected with that, man. Come on now. Christ Connection. Go ahead and hit it. You may not be able to see it, but I'm going to look behind, and I'm going to see it myself here. It says here, Jesus never lost his focus. What did he come to do? He came to seek and to save. Let me get out the way so some of y'all can see. He came to seek and to save those that were lost. He accomplished the goal through his death on the cross and resurrection. Now mankind has hope because hope came down. Hope for the present, hope for the future, and hope for eternity. Understand this. Without the birth of Christ, there is no death of Christ. Without the death of Christ, there is no resurrection. And without the resurrection, there is no salvation. And without salvation, y'all, there's no hope. There's no hope. And, and, and we're here to remind that one that does not know the Lord and Savior, we're here to remind you that you are not with the team and you are headed for a pathway that's going to lead to your utter destruction. But thanks be to God that there's good news. There's good news. Jesus came, as it says there in the court. He came 
This is why he took the form of a babe, swaddling clothes, placed in a manger. Why? Because he realized that this world was headed for hell and an eternal separation from God. And he gave his life as a ransom for many. (laughs) He saw forward. And he moved forward. With every agonizing step, he moved forward to the cross, took every nail, the crown of thorns on his head, all of it just for you and for me because we deserve punishment. We deserve judgment. And he died. This had to occur for our sins to be atoned because without the shedding of blood, as as it says in Hebrews 9, there is no forgiveness of sin. And he didn't stay dead. Thank you, God. He did not stay dead. But he got up from the grave three days later, just as he said that he would. And because he's done this, now our eternal destiny is wrapped up in all God asks. It's like what John says in chapter 3. John says this, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him, you won't die. You won't perish, but you'll have eternal life. We don't want you to miss out on that. We don't want you to miss it. Because if you don't miss it, you're going in reverse. And you don't have time to go in reverse because tomorrow you can be gone and you're absent and you're present in eternal judgment. But... As the Bible says, if you believe in what Jesus has done and what John talked about in chapter 5, verse 24, now you will pass from judgment and pass into life. Eternal life. That can be yours today. That can be yours today. And for those of you that are believers in Jesus Christ, understand this. There's no time to waste. You can't stay stagnant. You can't stay the same. You have to move forward. You have to press on. Yes, there's some past stuff that messed you up, jacked you up, has you, has you bogged down, but Paul reminded you, hey, Christ took care of all that. Give it over to him, and now walk in the newness that God has for you and head towards the goal that God has for you in the end. There's rewards for you to receive. There's crowns for you. But you got to give Jesus everything. Don't go out of 2023 not doing this. One thing that I focus on, I'm forgetting the past. I'm looking forward to what lies ahead. I'm pressing on because there's a race to run. I want you to run with me. Because we have a goal to reach. Our eternal destiny is ahead. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you and praise you for your word today. God, we ask that you would indeed have your will and way in the rest of the services. Lord, we pray for that one that that may not know you as Lord and Savior. Lord, don't, don't let them don't let them wait. Lord, let the last day of 2023 be the day that they come to know you as Lord and Savior. And for those of us that do know you and we have not given everything over to you, Lord, we're praying that, God, you would indeed help because we need to forget the past and look to what lies ahead. Have your will and way in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right.